Welcome to First Words, a podcast presented by the First United Methodist Church of Florence. Today's special cantata episode is brought to you by music director Sam Fleming. Hello, and welcome to a special edition of First Words. I am not your regular host, Dale or Terry. My name is Sam Fleming, and I am the Director of Worship and Arts and Organist here at Florence First United Methodist Church. We decided we would give Dale and Terry a week off as they're getting ready for Holy Week. And let me just say that we are so grateful for all that Dale and Terry do. Uh, They contribute to this podcast. They preach great sermons every week. Um, They do a lot for the church and the community. So if you have a chance to to see Dale or Terry... Make sure you stop by and just thank them for all that they do, and especially at this busy time of year. Um, They are really great people to work with, and I'm grateful that I get to work with them. In today's special edition episode, I will be talking about The Weeping Tree, a cantata by Joseph M. Martin, which the Sanctuary Choir and Chamber Winds here at the church will be presenting in our 11 o'clock worship service this coming Sunday, April 10th, um, as part of the Palm Sunday service. Um, In this episode, I will give you a preview of what to look forward to musically as we begin uh, this Sacred Holy Week as well um, at the end. So make sure you stick around to the end to hear all the things that we have going on. The musical work, as I said before, that we will be performing is Joseph M. Martin's The Weeping Tree. Before I dive into talking about this specific work, I want to give you a little bit of background information about the the composer and also just the the form of this musical work. Uh, Joseph M. Martin was born in 1959, and he is a native of North Carolina. He earned his Bachelor of Music degree in piano performance at Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina, and a Master of Music degree in piano performance at the University of Texas, Austin. Joseph taught for five years in the piano pedagogy department of the University of Texas. While he was an undergraduate student at Furman University, he was accompanist for choral director and composer Milburn Price and was inspired by his teaching. And so because of that, he started to compose. Martin is currently a member of the staff of Shawnee Press as director of of sacred publications. Uh, with responsibilities for overseeing the editorial and creative direction of the company's sacred publications and also coordinating the recording and production aspects of future sacred publishing efforts. As a composer, he is recognized throughout the United States for his many choral compositions, which today total over 12,000 compositions, and the list continues to grow. His works have been performed throughout the world in small churches to large performance venues such as Carnegie Hall in New York. Martin is primarily known for his sacred music compositions written for church, Uh, and I can attest to that as we have several of his titles in our library here at First United Methodist Church, and The Weeping Tree uh, is no exception there. So now a little bit about the form of the work. Um, The Weeping Tree is a cantata. Now, lots of times we hear the term cantata thrown around here at the church and think, oh, the cantata, that's, that's a thing the choir does. Uh, But what exactly is a cantata? Um, The word cantata essentially just means to sing. Um, And it is a smaller form of 
of a musical work that's for choir and orchestra, and it's designed to be performed within a worship service. Uh, it's usually in movements, and it often contains sections or movements for soloists. A uh, cantata usually runs between 20 and 30 minutes long, which is why uh, um, it's designed for worship, uh, really, because while we would love to go to a worship service and listen to two hours of music, uh, that's not always the case within the context of a worship service. Um, so when we talk about a cantata um, performed by the church choir, that most often means that it's performed in a worship service, which is what we are doing. Now, there are also exceptions to the cantata where uh, you'll see cantatas performed in a church setting. Uh, J.S. Bach was particularly known for writing a lot of cantatas uh, for his church choir. In fact, he wrote cantatas every week for many years um, for for his church choir and, and um, the instrumentalists he had at the church there. Um, and those works get performed in concerts today, but most frequently it refers to music within a church service um, that is not just an anthem or any other special work, but it is um, this particular form. As a forward to the, the Weeping Tree, Joseph Martin uh, wrote the following in, um, in the beginning of the score. And I thought I'd share that with you to give you kind of a little context of where he came from in writing this. Uh, Martin wrote, Outside the city wall stands the weeping tree. In silence, she lifts her weary arms against the darkened sky. She is, gathering, or she is a gathering place for the sorrowful and a sanctuary for the grieving. Her shadows are a hiding place for the oppressed and a refuge for the lost. Under her graceful canopy, there is comfort, and beneath her towering presence, there is shelter from the storm. Long ago, she was planted on a wind-swept wind hill where all could see her in solitary silhouette, and through fixed and barren soil, her roots grew deep into the hearts of all who, who draw near to her. Watered by a thousand tears, her sylvan branches once held a perfect harvest, for heaven had chosen her rugged frame to be the bearer of grace. There, in her crooked and twisted arms, she cradled Jesus, the hope of the world. She who was cut and fashioned by hatred and violence became a tree of life for the world. Her arms are outstretched still. Um, I, I really like that forward a lot as it, um, it, it gives us a good context of what um, the musical work is based around. And if you didn't catch that, um, he, he bases the work around the tree that became the cross for Jesus. Um, just some really great imagery there. So th the weeping tree is divided into eight short movements. Um, it also has a few little solo sections that are included for soprano and tenor. And in our uh, performance of this, we will be featuring some of our choral scholars, um, sopranos Andrea Mastin and Asia Shabazz, and also tenor Josiah Rains. We also um, took a little bit of a, a slight creative liberty in um, the orchestration for this work. So Martin originally wrote this for either piano or for, for full orchestra. And uh, we decided that we wanted to take a little bit different approach and, um, and adapt it for chamber winds, piano and percussion. 
so what that means essentially is that we won't have the full um, the full 42-piece orchestra playing with us, but rather we will have um, the winds, which include a flute, an oboe, a clarinet, a bassoon, and a French horn, and, um, and then a percussionist along with the piano. Um, and it, it really does create a different type of color um, in a good way. So we're excited to kind of present this in a, a new and... Um, little bit a little bit of a fresh rendition. Um, so movement one starts with a processional that's played by the orchestra that introduces the work. Um, that's where we hear the main theme, um, the weeping tree theme uh, in in this processional. Um, movements two and three are then original uh, melodies that Martin composed himself. Um, and uh, the text are um, are also original texts um, that are also written by by Martin himself. Um, and, and then movements four through seven uh, are all based on different hymn tunes. So some of the hymn tunes that you might recognize are uh, in the United Methodist hymnal. We have "O Sacred Head." We have the hymn tune "Restoration" um, that we use different texts for that originally came from Southern Harmony. Um, what wondrous love is this? Alas, and did my Savior bleed without his cross? Um, are all all hymn tunes that are in uh, the main bulk of the work. Uh, in this way, I think Martin really took a good approach to, um, to making the work very accessible for a church choir um, in a way that the congregation will also recognize a lot of the music. Um, so that he can convey the message that um, that he wants to through this work. Um, all the all the movements in this work are centered around the events of Holy Week. As you pay attention to the text in um, in the different movements, uh, you'll notice how they all um, refer to different parts of of the events that happened in Holy Week. Uh, and then the final movement of of the, the work is an epilogue, which is essentially a recap um, played by, by the orchestra, or in our case, the wind ensemble, um, that um, recaps uh, the original themes and kind of brings everything back, um, back full circle from the beginning. Now, um, our choir here did this work. Um, let me look and see if I've got notes here. In 2018, um, so just a few years ago, um, and it was presented with, um, I think, with the original orchestration um, is what my colleague Daniel reminded me of, um, and we we decided to bring this work back again because it is a um, just a very um, powerful work that that describes the events of Holy Week and helps us to focus on our Savior, uh, as we come into these events. Uh, there's, a, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that comes to mind, and this will be our scripture reading for this service, um, for the Palm Sunday service um, at 11 o'clock, um, that is found in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 3 through 5. Um, I will share the version from the King James Version of the Bible, um, and I believe the... Um, 
that on in the Sunday service, um, we will hear um, one from one of the other versions um, by the liturgist. But in the, these verses, um, the the prophet Isaiah is prophesying and writing about about Christ, and he says, um, or he wrote um, here, he wrote. He, meaning Christ, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and he was esteemed, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Um, I feel that 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 verse or those verses there uh, very much describe not only this work but um, are a great center focal point uh, as we as we go throughout Holy Week this week. Um, I am grateful for all that the Savior Jesus Christ, my Savior, has done for me and has done for, for each of us. Um, and I love that that reminder at the end of that verse that says, and with his stripes we are healed. Um, that is one of the great messages of, of Holy Week and of Easter. Um, and um, I, I add my witness um, to that of many others, um, that um, while we go throughout this week, um, we, we focus on all the events leading up to Christ's resurrection. Um, but the glorious message of Easter um, is that Christ lives, um, and that is something that I know to be true myself. Um, and so I hope that you will enjoy uh, this this musical work uh, as we begin our our Holy Week journey this week, um, and I invite you to through the music and through the messages throughout the week to think about your own relationship with Christ and how He um, He is the Master Healer um, and He is he, how He is our Savior and and what that means to you individually. So as we, as we close out today's special edition episode of First Words, I just want to share with you um, just a few things that in the music world of First United Methodist Church will be going on, things that you can look forward to um, that we hope will uh, um, add to your Holy Week observance. Um, so we have a, a Monday-Thursday service here at the church at 6 o'clock p.m., at that service, we will have our choral scholars um, singing at that service, and it will be um, a great service during that time. Then on Good Friday, we will have a, a Good Friday Tenebrae service at 7 o'clock, um, which is essentially a service of darkness um, um, and just a, a, another really great service. Uh, prior to that service at 6.15, I will have the pleasure of sharing a 30-minute organ recital uh, with all those who, cho- who choose to come at 6.15. And my recital will um, 
also feature around all the events of Holy Week. I've designed a recital that kind of takes us through that journey from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. So I hope that you'll come for both the recital and the service on that day. Um, and then uh, uh, the following Sunday after Good Friday is Easter Sunday, and we will have our two regular worship services at 8.15 and 11 o'clock. We will not have a 9 o'clock family service, though, so make sure that you come at 8.15 or 11 o'clock as we celebrate Easter um, and that great day. Um, and at the Easter Sunday service, we will... Um, be pleased to hear the sanctuary choir, the choral scholars, um, our our brass ensemble, um, the organ, of course, and the Wesley handout ringers, um, who will be a part of both the eight fifteen and eleven o'clock services. So uh, make sure to pick which service you want to come to there, um, and all our music there will focus on uh, the glorious Easter message that that Christ is risen want to thank you for joining us on this episode of First Words today, and we'll have uh, either Dale or Terry back with you next week um, with another great message for you there. Um, So again, my name is Sam Fleming, and I'm the Director of Worship and Arts and Organist here at Florence First United Methodist Church, and thank you again for tuning in to this episode of First Words. Thank you for listening to First Words. For more information about our services or how to get involved in our community, visit us at fumcflorence.org or facebook.com slash florencefumc.